This is the John Oakley Show podcast. Omar Khan has joined us. He's the Vice President of Public Affairs at Hill & Knowlton Strategies. All right, well, what did happen at, uh, I guess it was the recent convention in uh, Mississauga, wasn't it? Yeah, uh, so the, it was the annual general meeting of the Ontario Liberal Party. Uh, and, uh, you know, one of the, the reason I decided not to seek re-election uh, for my position was because I'm actually supporting Stephen Del Duca, who's, who's seeking the leadership of, of the party. Um, so it was a good gathering. There was about a, th- a thousand uh, Liberals from across uh, the province who paid uh, 400 bucks each to show up there and, you know, uh, uh, debate uh, internal policy or internal party matters and, and party future uh, for a couple of days over a weekend. Uh, and, uh, you know, it's a... I, I took it as a sign that uh, uh, liberalism and, and the Ontario Liberal Party itself uh, is alive and well despite all of our challenges. Oh, really? The $400 a ticket, did they get to meet an ex-cabinet minister? No, they got to sit. Uh, well, there were there were many ex cabinet ministers uh-huh. there, but, but they got to vote about how how we're going to choose our next leader. Oh, That's I fascinating see. Fascinating stuff. All right, uh, and so uh, Del Duca. Anybody else throw their hat into the ring at uh, this point? Yeah, so the two declared candidates are my. Uh, sorry, there's three declared candidates. My mistake. Uh, so Stephen Del Duca, uh, former cabinet minister; Michael Coteau, also former cabinet minister; and Alvin Tejdo, who is a. Uh, um, a former staffer at Queen's Park, but someone who uh, who held the Liberal banner in Oakville in the last uh, provincial election. Okay. Uh, well, listen, I mean, the next election is still three years out, so uh, you got some time to get it right. But how do the Liberals feel now uh, with the Doug Ford cabinet shuffle? You guys sense blood in the water? Well, you know, there, there, there's, there's some blood in the water, but there's still, as you said, three years to go, right? So any, any, any liberal out there who thinks, oh my God, this government's facing imminent collapse, you know, you got to take a, take a little bit of a breath, right? Yes, they had a bad first year, and they, they had a very bad budget and a even worse, uh, you know, post-budget rollout, for, particularly from a communications perspective. But they're going to have three more budgets. Um, and you know they they have three years to get their act in order. You you you, you, you you'll remember uh, Dalton McGinty's first budget uh, didn't go didn't go down very popular uh, either, right? The, the, it was the budget where he brought in uh, the health tax uh, after campaigning against no tax increases. And look, he he went on to win a majority government after that, and then he won another election after that, and then Kathleen Wynne won a majority government after that. So it doesn't mean that the, the, the Tories are finished by any means, but look, it, it, a couple of things, a couple of observations from my part from today. So one, um, I think this is the fastest firing of a finance minister, at least in recent memory that I can remember. Uh, and the concern uh, for me as an Ontarian, not as a Liberal, but as an Ontarian, is uh, that perhaps this sends a uh, uh, a, uh, a negative message uh, to the financial markets, to the international investors uh, and the financial markets about the state of Ontario's economy, uh, when, in fact, the, you know, the fundamentals of the economy, both under the previous Liberal government and under this government, are actually quite strong right now. Uh, so, so it just sends a sense of chaos uh, when there doesn't necessarily need to be that chaos uh, uh, to, to, to some of those international markets who, who buy our debt and who make, who make investments into Ontario that eventually create... Yeah, but Omar, conversely, I mean, a steady hand on the tiller and Rod Phillips uh, might even be an upgrade. Uh, you know, it very well could be. I have a lot of respect for Mr. Phillips. You know, he, he, he worked for the previous Liberal government as chair of the Ontario Lottery and, Ga- Lottery and Gaming Corporation, and I think he did a fairly decent job there. Uh, I think one of the potential benefits that he brings to the table... Um, is you know he's not an he's not an overtly partisan person, and one of the criticisms of this government is 
that everything is a fight for them. Uh, you know, you won the election. It was a year ago. You have three years now to actually govern and focus on, 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 on moving forward policies and building consensus around your policies. And I think, you know, uh, Mr. Phillips might bring a little bit of that more, you know, calm, you know, not always needing to be in your face uh, uh, approach uh, to, how, to how they move forward. Look, you know, the, they spent a year trying to pick fights with the most popular mayor in the country. Uh, and, and, you know, you can't be surprised if you, if you, if you go into a – if you, if you start a brawl uh, with, 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 with somebody like John Tory, you shouldn't be surprised if you come out with a bloody nose. And, and he gave them a bloody nose. And I think that's one of the reasons why we're seeing this shuffle today. Oh, uh, well, interesting then if we sort of uh, take what you're telling us and then look at uh, Andrea Horvath and the legislature suggesting that, you know, this is all on Doug Ford, whether it's his leadership style or just, you know, uh, the direction that is set in tone from the top. Uh, are you saying this is all in Doug Ford's lap? Look, you know, the buck stops uh, somewhere. Um, you, you know, I, I will say this. At, at the very least, um, they have realized, it seems, that they have a problem. Uh, a lot of us wondered, you know, particularly after the Premier had the reaction that he did at the Raptors parade, uh, that perhaps, you know, they just think, oh, these are all liberal elites or, you know, it seems like the message has gotten across. And look, I'll, I'll give them credit. They're trying to hit a restart button. Uh, right. So th the question now will be, have they have they really heard the message uh, or do they just think that, you know, putting a new veneer or shifting the deck chairs will be enough? I don't think it will be. I think I think, you know, they were elected to enact certain policies, 100 percent. But the approach that they have taken is one, regardless, of, regardless of, 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 you know, whatever the basically whatever the liberals brought forward, regardless of its merit, we're going to rip it up. Uh, and then whatever they bring in to replace that, uh, they don't spend any time or effort trying to build consensus around it, right? So you saw that with the autism changes. It was just like, this is what we're doing. We don't care if you parents disagree with this. Uh, this is better than what the liberals had. And, you know, if you're, if you're opposed to this, you're just professional protesters. In government, it's, sometimes it's better to go a little bit slower uh, and try and bring people along with you rather than just, you know, uh, Try and you know, um, try and force something down their throats. Uh, you'll well, get, the Liberals you'll did that. Them. I mean, they did that with rural Ontario when it came to the wind farms, for yeah, example. Yeah, and look how that turned out for for the Liberals, <laughs> right? We lost, we've lost every seat in rural Ontario. Right. So, you know, so I don't, it's, uh, that's not exactly the example I, I would I would use, right? I'm not saying the Liberals are perfect either, but what I am saying is that the, particularly in the first year of this government, it seems like. Uh, you know, they, maybe it's because they were out of power for 15 years. Well, that, that, I think you're right. Everything done right away. Sometimes you just have to take your time a little bit, talk to people, you know, try and try and compromise sometimes. Mm. But it's, it's a lot better to bring people along when you can. All right. Uh, so that's just, communications uh, again. Yeah. I, I would submit to you, Omar, as well, that, you know, because you've got to cobble together a government and a cabinet from people who ran for the leadership and maybe promises were made. I mean, you've got Vic Fideli. Uh, you also had, you know, who was the interim leader there leading up until Doug Ford won the thing, uh, Caroline Mulroney, Christine Elliott. So you put them in prestigious portfolios and, uh, you know, I mean, because that's how you cobble it together right off the hop. Yeah. And now a year later, uh, you tweak and you change and you're chastened. 
Yeah, you know, I think I think changing 20 ministers after one year, which is what they did today, is quite unprecedented. And I, I don't think, you know, I, 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 have a, I have some sympathy for Mr. Fideli on this. You know, I don't think he can be blamed for the, the rollout of the budget. You know, I've worked on budget rollouts. I know that it is a collaborative effort. Most of the communications is driven centrally, uh, either by, the, uh, by the, the cabinet office or the premier's office. So, you know, it sounds like he's a bit of a fall guy or, or, or a scapegoat for, for the rollout. And, you know, that's the premier's prerogative. The premier, you know, he's the boss, he's the CEO, so he gets to decide. But I don't think we can, it's fair to hang all of this uh, on, on Vic Fidelity. Sometimes it just comes down to personalities, doesn't it? Yeah, it could be, right? It could be. And like I said, you know, when you're the boss, you're the boss, right? You, it is absolutely the prerogative of the premier to choose his cabinet. Uh, but I do think, you know, I do, I do think it's a little bit unfair to put all of the blame on Fidelity. All right. Uh, and so he's chosen his cabinet. By the way, with the Liberals, seven members in attendance there, how do you put a shadow cabinet together? <laughs> I don't know. Choose straw straws. <laughs> well, yeah. Some are assuming six or seven yeah. roles, I think. Uh, yeah, they, right. they, they are. Uh, absolutely. And, and I think um, particularly as we move more aggressively towards a leadership ca- selection, which will happen in March, uh, I think you'll start to see more and more uh, activity and policy ideas come out of the liberal side. You know, the one thing I will say is, you know, having seven members and, you know, not having all of the resources that the other parties do in terms of staff and research and whatnot, uh, a lot of the opinion polls still have the other liberal party uh, either in first place or in a close second. So there does appear to be a lot of residual brand loyalty in Ontario for, for the liberal party and liberalism. It's possible there uh, were a lot of respondents who weren't aware there was an election last year. <laughs> anyway, listen, uh, Doug is also going to be criticized for incurring some expense in changing business cards and letterhead, I'm sure, with his cabinet shuffle, so we can anticipate that. Omar, pleasure. Thanks a lot for your insight from uh, the liberal perspective. My pleasure, as always. You got it. Omar Khan again, uh, one-time vice president of the Ontario Liberal Party. He's since been defrocked, but he's also a VP of Public Affairs at Hill & Noten. Thanks for listening to the John Oakley Show podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere else you get your on-demand audio.